Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello. Hey, it's we are starting a cult that's great. I'm Jake. Mitch is here this time. Oh, the first time in a while. Yeah, it's true. He's back. It's Woo. true. He's back. We, uh, yeah, we're back better than ever. Um, it's been a long week, but it's finally Friday and time for the show. It's true. Mitch was very concerned about maybe me not saying bananas, but I would never forget that. Oh, we couldn't. It's for you, the, for all of you guys. It's a staple of the show it's at this bananas point. Bananas is everything to us. It really is. I want to start this episode off by giving a huge shout-out to Wham City Comedy, okay? They're beautiful people. They are a sketch comedy group. Uh, they have some videos on the YouTube. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I was very unfamiliar with uh, who they are and what they did. But I'm giving them a shout out because this is a this is a weird long personal story. Yeah, so we are ready. very aware of one specific thing they did. Yeah, so there. This is how I stumbled upon them. So there is a show called Off the Air on Adult Swim. Oh, it's great, and it's just a combination of weird videos and like trippy visuals with music, and it's it's pretty much meant for people to be on drugs or really fucked up and watch it. Yeah. Um. But there's one specific thing. Uh, there's an episode called Technology, and there's a skit that was done by Wham City Comedy. And um, in that skit, it's about it's kind of a parody of like the introduction of new technologies from like the '90s. But they're it, just screaming technology over and over again. Yeah, it's it's, it's great. It's really good. It's called uh, AB95. That's the name of the skit, so you can look it up. It's real fucking funny. AB95 Development Team! It's, it's really good, but the, the story is this. In that skit, there is a song that plays, and I am not going to lie to you. I have exhausted every option that I know of. I searched for years, no, at least two full years of my life. No, that's been our true uh, calling. We, have, you know, people, some people with Bigfoot... Us, it's this song. Yeah, it's this song, um, and I I wanted to find it, so I started very rudimentary. Uh, I was just on YouTube, looking through to see if anybody said anything. No, nobody said anything. Um, so I'm like, okay, let's take this somewhere else. I went on Reddit and 4chan. I've gone to weird sectional subreddits that are like shoot uh, shoot offs of off the air specifically. 
we also took the basic steps of checking Spotify. Oh, yeah, obviously, uh, yeah. We just did so you know. Just Google searches, Yahoo searches, DuckDuckGo searches, everything you can think of. It does not exist until the other day I got a weird spark of interest again. So I listened to it, um, and then I looked up that skit specifically, not the full episode of Off the Air, just the AB95 skit. And I noticed that in the comments of the YouTube video, there were about five people that were all asking the same question. They're like, what the fuck is this song? I want to know. No answer. Nobody replied. Those are like two-year-old comments. Like, nobody got back to them. So I decided to just take the initiative, and I was like, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look further into this. So I I look up Wham City Comedy. Turns out they have an email that's pretty easy to find. It's pretty accessible, you know. So I just I take a shot in the dark. I'm like, it was like 9 a.m. somewhere around there. I was like, guys, here's the deal. I I don't really know you guys, um, but you have this song in this skit, and I love it, and I want to know what it is. Within an hour, they got back to me. And they sent me the file, and I have the song right now. I have it with me. It's a big win for us. It right? it was a, a glamorous day. Um, it it's just it was the best thing I could have ever heard of in my life. But we have it now. Yeah. Um, it's called "Sky High Baby" by Jeff Graham. Jeff Graham. It is not available on the internet or YouTube or anywhere. I'm I don't know this specifically, but I think it was a song that was probably written for the skit. Or just buy someone in the skit, and they're like, "Let's just use it." You know, it's the greatest song I've ever heard. Um, at the moment, you know, I I have no authority to do anything with it, but um, I'm going to reach out to them again and see if it might be acceptable for us to play it. Because we just think more people need to hear that. Yeah, and I'm, we have a platform. We're going to use it for good. You're all going to hear the song. Yeah, exactly. Or we're going to try to make that happen. I I'm going to reach out to them and see if that's acceptable. Uh, I want to get confirmation. That it that's okay to do before I actually do it, you know. Yeah. But um, hopefully it's for free. If they have us pay them, there's a Patreon link below. Uh, yeah. You know who knows what'll happen. But. Yeah, we don't know what to expect, but we're it, it's worth a shot. The worst they could say is now we'd rather you not do that. And it's so like it's, you know what? Okay. Yeah. No, it's been a big week. Um, it really has. But, but yeah, so huge, huge shout out to Wham City Comedy for not only being responsive. But for providing us with the, my absolute favorite song that's ever existed. In so the world. gracious of you, thank you. Now, now that that's out of the way, we can crack into the episode. Yeah, we are doing uh, another true crime: the thing. Burger King killer. The Burger King killer with a T in there is Dennis Rader. He's BTK. Dennis Rader. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. You know what's funny to me? Dude, it's always so long between our true crime, like serial killer boys. It is. I, we always see, wait like months. We've we've got the new list, and I don't think it's going to be as long between this and another true crime. It, no, it won't be back to back, obviously, but there the gap will be a little bit smaller. Yeah, because we've been doing this like three years. We've done like four or five. Yeah, you know, like we need we need to make it more frequent. Yeah, no, I, I that's definitely what you guys agree. want. I mean, yeah, I definitely agree. I think, um, believe it or not. We actually got some really good responses about the episode last week about Alcor Life Extension. Yeah, and did you guys see the post? Uh, Grant got an email back. Yeah, they only I want me to pay do it. insane amounts of money, and I need witnesses that aren't my family that I'll are willing to, to sign. Um, I will not be doing it because I think they're a bunch of fucking quacks that don't know what the fuck no, they're doing. Oh, you think so? But um, there was a really, like... 
just random episode, sort of, that just kind of happened because it did. Now you're going to be frozen. And, yeah, I'm glad that it did because we, we had some fans that really liked it. So we got some stuff coming on down the pipeline. Um, we did get a request for some more cults, uh, culty episodes. Yeah, so if, the, if you're listening to this now, you person on YouTube. Yes. We got you. Thank you. We love you. You're our new big fan. We yeah. are we are forever grateful for you. Yeah, we got this new list for the year, though. Oh, it yeah. It's just chock full of these killers. Yeah, there's some good ones on there. And see what's funny? I'm glad we're doing BTK now because I, it's funny because I got interested in true crime at a far too young age. Um, oh, was, you're never too young. I was about eight years old when weird, I really started statement. getting into it. Yeah. And funny enough, um, the I always get uh, what's Dennis Rader and Gary Ridgway confused. Yeah, they're pretty similar. It was at the Green River. Killer. Yeah, and yeah. see what's funny is that when I was first interested in this, the the whole identity of Gary Ridgway was not confirmed yet. Like it was still not necessarily ongoing, but I mean, I you know I was just young. I didn't really like know what I was looking at. But I remember reading about the Green River Killer, and they didn't have an identity for him. He was still like you know not not someone they knew. Well, dude, it took until the fucking White Sox won the World Series for Dennis Rader to be caught. And it, yeah, exactly. That's why right. I, I brought that up because it's like this is quite interesting because this guy. If you want to get technical, there's no such thing as like the, a successful serial killer. I. Well, that we know of, you know, we can't. The only way to be successful is for us to not know who they are. They got away with it. What about Zodiac Boy, what about Jack the Ripster? Yeah, you know what? Fuck you know? those guys. They're a bunch of amateurs that are lame. You're just mad you didn't find them out. No, nah, they use guns, dude. Guns. Well, Jack, Jack the Ripper, the Ripper does, did obviously. not use a gun. Obviously, <laughs> he, was, he did. He was very surgical about it, it. It's a lot easier to get away with murder in the fucking 1800s. Okay, I'm sorry. It's just true. Am I wrong? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, no. Um, but, not at all, no. But Dennis Rader, if you're going to make a scale of extremely successful serial killers, he's probably near the top. He was fucking wild. He was begging for attention. He basically turned himself. We'll, we'll get into all this stuff. And it spanned he a long time. He loved the attention, and it was so many years. Yes, he did. Now, this will, I, I don't even think we talked about this. I'm assuming this is going to go more than one episode, clearly. There's no, it no definitely way. is. I did not do notes for the entire story. I watched multiple documentaries uh, last, yesterday and today. Well, I watched part of one today, I guess, last yeah, night was, at 3 uh, a.m. I was with you all day. So um, I know you didn't do that. But, I yeah, I fell asleep watching one, and it was kind of depressing. Yeah, I'd imagine. <laughs> I woke up like 20 <laughs> minutes later, and it was still playing. I was like, it's I finished late. this script at 4 a.m. How fun! We were both was doing awful. this shit at was... three a.m. <laughs> so you are. Right, let's just get into it because this guy was fucking insane. Yeah, no. So All strap right. in, get ready. Here comes fucking Dennis. Ten minutes in, let's do it. Dennis the Menace. Yeah. So Dennis Raider. He was otherwise known as BTK, which stood for Bind, Torture, Kill, Buffalo Tender Kitchen. Yeah, that sounds delicious. Buffalo Tender All Kitchen. Right. How can we serve you? Exactly. Well, he was an American serial killer who committed 10 murders in 17 years in his hometown of Wichita, as well as Park City, Kansas. Uh, His case is one of the more frightening ones that we've covered largely due to the fact that he uh, was free for so long, like we were talking about. Took him damn near into the 2000s. Yeah. All right. But we'll talk about that later on. Um, 
Well, he was a sexual sadist. A sociopath uh, who taunted the police with anonymous letters detailing every gruesome detail of his strangulation or suffocation of his victims. So how did the man become so arrogant and horny? He just wanted to be caught. He's like, someone please catch me. We're going to start right at the beginning. I want to be plowed in prison. And they just (laughs) could not get him fast enough. Not even fast enough. So his full name was Dennis Lynn Raider. Lynn. Lynn Raider. (laughs) Ha. Lame. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> name. You have like a good joke. We're just like, it sucks. I, what I an mean, idiot. It's just because he killed people. It's like, Lynn, whatever. Yeah, but he was like, just like a regular guy. I'd be like, oh, all right, Lynn, sure, why yeah, not? Yeah, Dennis Lynn Raider. He was born on March 9th of 1945, right at the end of the, the, old, the old war there. Uh, to William Elvin Raider and Dorothea May Raider. And he was raised in Wichita, Kansas. Okay. Right. He was the oldest of four children, his younger brothers being Paul, Bill, and Jeff. And he grew up in a rather cold house uh, when it came to parental affection. Uh, uh, that's super seems... unlike any of the other serial yeah, killers Like out there. none out there. They all typically come from just extremely healthy and happy homes with no issues. That's true. And we... we... Well, both his mom and his dad, they worked long hours. So it wasn't even necessarily like, oh, this sucks. Like, he's oh, a My life is kid. so bad. It's like, uh, he's just home a lot alone. Maybe probably taking care of his, his siblings. That sucks. But still, yeah, both his parents worked very long hours and had little time to actually parent the children. Right? I would assume he discovered masturbation at, a, at an age far too young to be masturbating. Oh, oh. Oh, we'll get to that. Like, I'm talking like five years old. This kid was pulling the pud like it was fucking nuts. He doesn't even know what he's doing yet. And, you know, he's very confused, specifically about his mother. Because, you know, both his parents weren't there. But he recalls uh, in later interviews harboring a specific resentment for his mom. Okay. uh, Because of, you know, the situation. Uh, So, and uh, starting from a very young age, surprise, surprise, he exhibited... One of the three behaviors known as the McDonald triad. He ate chicken nuggets, McDoubles, and he always had a sweet tea. Yeah, the ice cream machine was never working. He fell right into the McDonald's trap, it's exactly true. what they wanted of him. It's true. But it's, no, this one's spelled with an A. Oh. McDonald's. What? Mac. You can't. No. It's the triad. So apparently the triad of thing. it's like, apparently the McDonald triad is like three specific early indicators of, like, later trouble with crime yeah, in is, la- like in the person's life. Isn't that, I mean, I could be wrong. That could be the other thing. Is it, it's like bedwetting, animal mutilation, and something else? And, uh, obsessive fire starting. Ah, okay. But yeah, the other two are right. Yeah, he's uh, cruelty to animals, obsessive fire starting, and bedwetting past a certain age. I was going to say, a it was like. A certain age, you know. Bedwetting, it, it happens, you know, when you're, like, a youngin', like, a real youngin', but... If you're like five years old pissing in the bed, it's like, dude, you got to something that right here. We yeah. got to figure this out. He wasn't a bed pisser or a fire starter, but he did uh, exhibit Zeusadism as a child. In That's other a words, fun word. It's really fun. It sounds like it reminds me of Zootopia. What a fun movie. Zootopia. Everybody's Zootopia. so happy in that movie. <laughs> and then Dennis Rader shows up as a child. And he just starts hitting at zebras with baseball bats. using zebras as baseball bats. And he's just like fucking jamming shit in their assholes and just like, I'm going to eat your ears, bitch. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he tortured a lot of small animals as a child. That was pretty much his childhood. Uh, oh. He was also extremely sexually driven in his youth. You were right. 
No, I knew it. All right, makes sense. Lasky kids love sex. Yeah, he uh, discovered he wasn't. It wasn't just regular uh, stuff though that you find out as as a kid. This guy started uh, on weird fucking <laughs> octopus and asshole. Dude, porn. he discovered early on that he very much enjoyed autoerotic asphyxiation. Uh, voyeurism as well as cross-dressing. Okay, wait, wait, wait. What's Very vo- young. What's voyeurism? That's where you watch people through their windows and they're undressing and you're Oh, we're just talking about that, like from Little Nicky yeah. and John Lovitz. He just likes to watch. It. Uh, yeah, I'm, okay. I mean... He's just a peeper. He's just a peeper. But yeah. in this instance, it is sexual. It's like, yeah, bitch. Yeah, you fucking put on that lotion, you whore. Like she's just like she just took a huge dump or something and is like trying to go to bed, you know. Yeah, this yeah. guy's making it weird. But I, uh, <laughs> I will say, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm no expert in the field of sexual psychology. What I cannot imagine that autoerotic asphyxiation is a good first step. Because if that's your like early step, that is not going to be good for the future. Well, I mean, come on. I feel like that's Just something... be careful. That takes a lot of building up to get to... How do you even find out about that? You well, know what I mean? Listen to this. I mean, he discovered all that stuff early on, like autoerotic asphyxiation, voyeurism, and cross-dressing. More often than not, all three of those things would take place at the same time. Wow. Yeah, he's just outside of his neighbor's windows, dressed as a lady, choking himself, whacking it. That, that was his childhood, aside from, you know, the animal torture. You know, the image of that... Is quite. I'm pic, picture you're, you're if you picturing will. a young boy doing that. I'm bringing up my <laughs> inner my inner Rod Sterling here. Picture if you will. Picture this: a cross-dressing teenager choking himself, masturbating outside of your window. Just picture that and tell me that's not fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, who do you? You know what I mean? Like at that point, it's like who do you call the cops or your buddy and be like, yeah, you yeah, aren't gonna yeah, believe yeah. this shit. It was this often kid. In, it was in stolen panties too. Like he would steal women's underwear to wear it. Obviously, and then do it. yeah. You know, you got to know they're real. If you buy, new I mean, panties, I guess that kind of makes sense. It's like, oh, I'm eight. Can I, can I buy this? And they're gonna be like, no. I didn't. Whoever know. you're buying this for is irresponsible. Call me under. What do you know? It's him. So I did not know what masturbation was when I was eight. Let alone fucking choking myself when I come. Yeah, I mean, I, I just said eight as a random thing. Like, I didn't find any specific ages, but it says early on, so I'm assuming, you know, pretty early on. Maybe I'm speaking for myself here, but I, I feel like cross-dressing at a young age, like, there's obviously limits, you know, but, like, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I put on, like, girl clothes just, like, when I was, like, four. I was like, this is funny. Like, with my cousin or something, like, I look funny. You're like, hey, I'm a lady. Yeah, like, it's, you're like a kid. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the extent of it. There's nothing like... Sometimes. There's nothing, like, developmentally strange about that or different. No, you're like, hey, look, it's I'm mom. Yeah. Look at me. You're being a kid. <laughs> I'm, a, like, I'm mom now. That's kid shit, you know? Like, for yeah. lack of a better term, that's kid shit. Yeah, that, that whole statement is just tainted now because of the documentary it's in, but yeah. 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 What was it's that? just kid shit. It's Richard. just kid shit, Bill. It's Bill? just kid yeah. shit. Just jerk me off. <laughs> that was the doc- abducted in plain sight. If you watch yeah. that, that that statement of it's kid shit will take on a whole it new meaning for you. It is kid shit. Yeah. But it well, is. It's, I think it's really funny that he was binding himself with ropes also around his arms and neck while he was doing this. Yeah, that's fucking like expert level shit right there. That's like crazy. He must have been great in the Boy Scouts. Like, I mean. All these knots. 
like, let's be realistic here. Even people that are into that shit nowadays that, you know, are into, like, binding and all that stuff and they do that to themselves. It's like BDSM. Like it takes a lot of practice and time to, like, get to that level to do that to yourself. He's a fucking kid. Yeah, he's a child. He's real good at it. He's a savant of sorts. In, in, a sexual in the, savant. In the field, yeah. This dude's the fucking Einstein of boners. Like, he is just on top of the his Einstein shit. Of, dude, I think Einstein was the Einstein of boners. That guy was a hound dog. Yeah, you guys remember... Yeah, I heard his fucking reputation. All I know is that Einstein, like, I learned... I was reading this thing. Apparently, there's a whole book about it, but I, I haven't read the book. About I just penis? reading a thing. No, apparently, his wife was actually, like, equally as smart, if not smarter than him. Ah. And the whole, like, theory of relativity was actually, like, developed by her. Well, it was proven wrong anyway, so... I think we can all move on as a society, right? Yeah, so just so you guys know out there, Einstein was kind of a fucking asshole, and he wasn't that smart. Oh, no. Someone in history sucked, sort of? No that way. That never happens. No way. Oh, God. Well, uh, <laughs> Raider has recently been quoted, because he's still alive, in saying that it's amazing no one saw there was something wrong with him. Yeah, I agree with him. But, you know, his parents were never home. He was just outside whacking it to the neighbor's. I parents weren't there. That's all you need. I a hundred fucking percent agree with him. I think it's crazy. Like, I understand you know the parents are busy and life kind of gets in the way and shit. But like, there's a difference, you know. Like that is insanity. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like he was the oldest, and he did probably have to take care of his like uh, his siblings. So he probably knew how to act from like a an early age, like how like around people. Yeah, so that's as fair. to not arouse any, you know, arouse uh, like any suspicion or like you know, there's no weirdness about this. I mean, despite the intensity of his sexual fetishes, uh, early on he somehow managed to maintain a reputation in the community as a normal, polite, and well-mannered dude. That's yeah. that's like what he was to the society. I think that's here a, in Wichita. I think that's a very reasonable assumption. I think that that's good. It makes sense because it's like. They, a lot of serial like, killers share that instinct of, like, they know how to turn it on and off. Yeah, you know? and he, like, kind of had to. He was thrown into the situation where he was like, well, I kind of have to know how to fend for myself. Yeah, he, you know? he had to learn, and he fucking learned. He Dude choked some, himself while he came. Yeah, just some interesting proclivities sexually. I mean... Sexually. If you leave it at that, it's completely fine, but when yeah, you, you do start getting you want, weird, as as, you know, it's every, not everything's cool. chill. Oh, well, he eventually attended. This is, this is after, you know, all his crazy sex antics and, and the animals, oh, they're dead. Um, he eventually attended Kansas Wesleyan University for one year where he got extremely average grades. Extremely, extremely average. Extremely average. So, like, C minuses across the board. And he dropped out after one year. Oh, right. that sucks. Yeah. Uh, one of the only things people tended to do back at this time when they were cut out, of, uh, they weren't cut out for college, you know, uh, was join the military, much like today. A lot of people do that. And so he just did that. Well, why not? Right? You know? Yeah. I mean, he served in the U.S. Air Force from 66 to 70. That does not the give 1900s them. time. Does not give them a good reputation. Probably not, yeah. They also gave him a couple of medals. Uh, he received a few medals and titles, actually. Master uh, Stroker. That probably could have been one. Sexiest woman in our platoon. 
<laughs> he probably brought his clothes, the he, stolen panties. He, he was like uh, well, J. Edgar Hoover. You know, he was the he was the J. Hoover of fucking the Air Force. There you go. There you go. Everybody knows he was a cross-dresser, too. Don't act like you don't know that. He was. Yeah. And if you didn't, you know now. But the uh, the Air Force, he, he got a bunch of medals and titles. The Air Force Good Conduct Medal. So he was a good little boy. All right. Uh, small arms expert marksman rib- marksmanship ribbon. Small arms. <laughs> small arms. Uh, National Defense Service Medal. And he was also a staff sergeant. A lot of sex-related It sounds important. Puns. I don't necessarily know. Yeah, uh, staff sergeant. I like that. But it doesn't. I don't know how high that is or low in the ranking. It sounds good, so it's right. probably not great. But the I shit feel like they don't make things that sound really bad. That's what I'm saying. You know, like, like titles. Even when you're like, maybe like we should have looked it up. Private first class. It's like, well, that it sounds really important, but first it's class, like not, hot you know? towel, free stuff. They're not gonna call you private eighth class. Nobody fucking cares about those <laughs> no guys. No gives a fuck about that. And well, I only want first class or better. There is nothing <laughs> better, sir. I want to fly the plane. Let me fly the plane. I want to sit on the pilot's lap and blow him while I fly to Orlando. Does the pilot have any of those little little pins he gives out to kids? I want all of them. I want one of those, too, and they Give never me gave me one, so they were like, hey, fatty, shut up. Really? No, but Dang. I, I never asked. <laughs> you never asked, you fucking son of a bitch. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, I, I learned about that from uh, cartoons, but I rarely fly. In any case, uh, so he, he did pretty well in the military, right? Uh, uh, a raider, that is. But upon his discharge from the armed forces in 1970, he moved right back to Kansas in a suburb outside of his hometown of Wichita, known as Park City. So he's right back. Park he's right City. back to the scene of everything that he had done before. He then got a job in the meat department of a Leakers IGA supermarket with the help of his mother, who was a bookkeeper there. So Ooh, his mom's kind of helping him out, you know? All right. So he's like, got a little bit yeah. of support here. Yeah, Nothing just crazy. Just a tad bit. But it's there. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, this was also where, uh, the, you know, working this job, he theoretically fell in love. <gasps> so, he met uh, Paula Dietz. <laughs> nice. It's like diets, but spelled with a Z. Diets. Dietz. Diets. I think it's Dietz. Uh, it, it wasn't her last name for long. Because, uh, yeah, they met uh, while he was working the job, and they went on to marry Aww. on May 22nd of 1971. It was very fast. That was. Good for them. Moves very fast. Uh, the two had two children together, Carrie and Brian. What do you think the sex was like? Scary. Uh, I'm thinking it was just plain probably, old missionary. Really? You think he did that, and then he was like, oh, yeah, I totally came, and then went good into the bathroom, got some rope in there. Yeah, choked himself out. Something like that. Put on, like, a Donald Duck mask and, like, looked in the mirror with his pubes parted and, like, see the steam on his nuts. He just tickled that while he was choking. The only inaccurate part of that is the duck mask because it was a different kind of mask, but we'll get to that. Fair enough. In the second episode. Fair <laughs> enough. So right now, he met Paula. They got married, and they had two kids named Carrie and hey, Brian. Hey, Paula. There we go. And at the same time, Raider attended Butler County Community College in El Dorado. Butlicker. (laughs) So many many easy jokes that no one should really make. They're perfect. Because they're not very good. You know what? 
We're only. I'm glad you're bad, making them. We're I, only as bad as the you, audience that laughs. You're a martyr to the laughs we might be getting. I don't get it, and I love it. I'll say anything that you guys want me to say, and I'll just say it out loud. Just tell me what you want. Just email startacult at gmail.com. He he went to Raider. He went to Butler County uh, Community College in El Dorado, and he earned an associate's degree in electronics in 1973. Electronic. Electronic. Uh, after which he attended Wichita State University. This guy's going to so much school. Uh, graduating with a Bachelor of Science degree, majoring in Administration of Justice in 1979. Damn. <clears throat> All right, so he was going to so much school. Sorry, I'm drinking a grape soda, so I'm burping a lot. It's a grape? I thought it was orange Fanta. You're totally right. It was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this guy smoking? This shit's orange. I don't know, man. I I can't see it directly, so I just uh, said the first thing I thought of. You got great, but on you the know mind. what? You know what? That was in 1979. He graduated uh, from Wichita State University, but let's not get ahead of ourselves here, okay? Because Raiders' first murders took place in 1974. What? So early on in his college career. Fair enough. And guess uh, who it was. No. An entire family. Oh, my next he, guess. He fucking killed an entire family. I said no, it's but that insane. was my next guess. An entire yeah. family. Yeah. The Otero family, actually. He ate the whole thing. <laughs> was that uh, Homer Simpson's yearbook quote? Indeed it was. I can't believe I ate the whole thing. He did it. And Dennis Rader followed. Rader did the same sort of thing, yeah. So... While Raider was in the midst of his schooling at Wichita State University, he was working to support his family as an assembler at the Coleman Company. As you know, it's the well-known camping gear. Yeah, the Gary Coleman outdoor Foundation. Outdoor company. Yeah, that too. What okay. you talking about, Willis? What uh, you talking about, Dennis? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It was during this time, uh, while working alongside an enormous staff, that he came across of uh, Julie Otero. All right, so thousands of people working here. He sees her and he's like, "Yes, that one." You know, in this the way that you're telling it, it, it seems like it was very like divine. Like he, you know, searched no, and it was just. Like, it really here. wasn't. It was just random and frightening. No, that's. I have a feeling it was literally like he went into the office or the building or whatever, like, and she was the first person he saw. And he's just like, "You're gonna get it, bitch." He's like, "That's the one. That's the one." Like there's no po like polis poeticism to it. It was just like, that's it. You're done, bitch. You're I mean, done. he may have thought that there was some sort of poeticism to it. The guy was a sociopath. He thought he was better than everybody. Well, yeah. But like, and he was 29 years old at this time, and you know he'd been fantasizing about doing something like this the entire time, For like his entire years. life. Yeah, since he could form a thought, he was like, I'm gonna kill. Julio Taro and her family when I'm 29 working at the Coleman Supply Company. It's the it's the typical like 9/11 scenario. It's like what if they would have just called off work that day, you know? Yeah. Just this guy like if. Seth MacFarlane missing his flight, you know? Mm. Remember that story isn't that crazy? Well, <clears throat> all right. So now, uh Raider had been fantasizing about killing for 29 years, you know, his entire life. He, later on in life, uh, went on to say that when he saw Julie, he knew she was the one. And her family as well, uh, as we'll see. So, he began following Julie. 
you know, for an extended period of time. Finding out where she lived, her routine, her family, and their habits and schedules. Uh, and he would uh, often call them projects. These like he, he would like case the victim and like follow him and do all this research. He called them projects. My little side project. Little project. I'm busy after work. I have to go stalk, rape, and murder somebody. I have to go attend to my projects. Sorry about that. I just I got jizz all over your front door. Let me kill you instead. Oh, we'll get to the jizz. Oh yeah, there's yeah. lots of that. Ritter eventually figured out uh, the times that would be most opportunistic for him to swoop in, okay? Uh, Ritter one day, once he'd, you know, learned the family schedule, went up to Josephine Otero, who was a nine-year-old child. Okay. All right. Showing her a picture of a random individual asking if she'd seen the person in the neighborhood. All right, all right. All right. Pretty weird, but still, it's, it's, it's okay so far. The child answered, no. And Raider thanked her and proceeded to leave. He's left. He was like, "That yeah. was it. That, that was the end of the. That's the end of the uh, series. Yeah. yeah, it's gone. No, so uh, he proceeded to leave. It was then on January fifteenth, in the middle of the day, after he had established a sort of trust in the little girl. You know that the he came to the Otero home again, asking the same question of the same photograph to Josephine again." At their door. And she answered again. She was like, no, I have no idea who this fucking is. She didn't say it like that because she's nine. Uh, but uh, she was like, maybe my mom knows. And then she let him into the house. Bad mistake. It's not good. Uh, yeah, she grants Raider access to the house, at which point he pulled out a gun. In I the presence of Julie, the mother. I got a gun, bitch. What do you think about this? About this, and he began explaining that he had a sexual problem, and that he was not there to rob them. That's worse. Now that's so frightening. That's the worst possible news. <laughs> that's like the scariest thing someone could come into your house and say to you. I don't want to rob you. I just have a horrible sexual problem. <laughs> See this gun? I have some sex problems, and I'm not robbing you. It's like, oh God! All right. Oh no. I guess this is happening, huh? So, yeah, I bet Julie felt like that. Like, oh, God, oh, no. And then, uh, you know what he did then? He, he started tying up Julie, which caused the kids to freak out. Uh, I mean, you know, made, rightfully. You fair know. enough, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, but what he didn't anticipate was the father of the family, Joseph, being home. Oh. He was, he was there. He was in the back of the house. And in the midst of tying up Julie... Joseph came in, and uh, he and Raider got into a bit of a struggle. All right, they're, a little they're just, bit. They're fighting. Uh, that's one way to put it. You There's, can't tie up my wife. It was a straight-up fucking brawl to the death, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. A struggle. And Raider overpowered Joseph, okay? Kind of sucks that that's how it went down, but Raider overpowered Joseph, uh, then tying him up alongside Julie who uh, he then proceeded to suffocate using a pillowcase under a plastic bag that was tightened around her neck with a cord. Ouch. Just ouch. What other way do you describe <laughs> uh, that? Just, I don't know. That's probably like up. the most disrespectful way to like describe like the story of PTK. It's like, ouchie. Pretty much. <laughs> it's like if you could sum it up into one word. It's like, oh... <laughs> that's it just ah goodness ah, goodness, goodness gracious. gracious me this poor woman yeah i mean 
There's definitely better ways to go than that, but that's uh, that's fucked up. Yeah, that's I a, mean, that's an owie for yeah, sure. Yeah, he would simply sit back and watch as she slowly suffocated and died. And he probably started dribbling little bits of fucking baby out and just like, oh, one of those. You know? One of those, maybe in a, maybe in a little. bit. He's a fucking monster, you know. Maybe in a little bit. Uh, so yeah, he then proceeded to do the same with Joseph and Joseph Jr. And it was during these actions that he learned just how fucking hard it is to suffocate people because he thought they would be dead, but they would just they were just unconscious, so they'd keep waking back up. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, I killed him. They're walking around again, like he 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 fucked up a bunch of times and yeah, he people, just kept suffocating them until they were eventually dead. This is a great PSA, and I in no way recommend or uh hope that you do any of this. It's real hard to kill people. But suffocation is, like in movies and shit, when they choke people out, that is not true because while, I mean, yeah, there's a difference. It takes minutes. There's a, Like a long yeah, time. Yeah, there's certainly a difference between crushing a windpipe and, you know, snapping a neck and choking. Um, if you choke somebody until they stop breathing and stop kicking, they're not dead. They're unconscious and... There will be a moment where the body just goes back into automation of breathing. And if their airways are clear enough to breathe, they will start breathing again. There could be damage. You know, there could certainly be brain damage. Oh, things I like mean, that. the situation isn't good either way. But they're definitely not dead. Uh, they're going to continue breathing yeah. and probably live. So some advice you may not... Uh, don't use these this advice, but... Uh, you know, keep doing it for a couple minutes. Yeah, like keep going Afterward. or do something extra. Like when they pass out, do something s- extra. <laughs> stab them in the brain or the throat or the heart. This isn't The Walking Dead. It just, I think he just wanted to get off. Yeah, but I mean, if you want to go for an easy thing, you, you know, TV has ruined it. They're like everyone's like the headshot. You don't do that. If I had a gun or a knife and I had to kill somebody. Immediately, my first thought is go for the head. It's just way easier on everybody. Oh, yeah. It's just, it lights out. It's like, oh, yeah, that's from, I saw that in the zombie movies. It's like, no, that's just fucking reality. You you know who else dies when you shoot them in the head? Everything. Fucking everything. Everybody. If a tree had a head, it would die if you shot it in the fucking head, okay? Except for maybe some people later on in this story. Well, yeah, obviously there's bad shots and just great luck. We shall see. But, yeah, so he, he, he learned early on. Really hard to suffocate people. They kept popping back up. He kept having to restart. But eventually, he killed uh, three members of the Otero family. Um, and all that was left was 11-year-old Josephine. Damn. Sorry about you, Josephine. Okay. If so, it had to happen, you probably should have went first. Wait a minute. Her brother, like, Joseph Jr., was 11. She was 9. That uh, was uh, my bad. 9-11. Um, oh, good Lord. I'm not saying that she should have been dead, because obviously they shouldn't have died at all. But if it was going to go down, it really should have been her first. Like, that's just fucked up. Well, you know? uh, let's see what happens to her. Raider took her down to the uh, basement. Yeah, yeah. And all, all the while, she was begging for mercy. Read her book. To, be, to be spared. Um, uh, Raider then hung her by a steam pipe, killing her. And Raider later claimed that uh, her begging for her life was so sexually arousing to him that uh, he he just uh, he came. Ah, once she was dead, he came onto her hanging body. He pulled the old Albert Fish, you say, huh? Yeah, 
It wasn't until the Otero family's three older children came back from school that they uh, they discovered the heinous scene. Yeah, that's a fucked up scene to walk that's into. That's a crazy thing to witness. Uh, in October of the same year, you know, 1974, Raider apparently hid a letter detailing the specifics of the murder inside of an engineering book in the Wichita Public Library. Interesting choice. Weird decision. It makes like, no what, sense. What idea? Great. Like that's an idea you have. You're like, I'm just gonna write about it and put it somewhere. Like, it's, why would you do? Somebody <laughs> will pick it, it up eventually. You know, by that time, you might have forgotten what happened. Some just like stress stricken engineering student who's like, I just need this degree, man. And he just has to unload that. You know, that just has to happen to him it today to. of all days before the big test. It absolutely has to. There's no way around it. Well, so that was his first murder, uh, murders. Uh, it was a family. That's that's how he started. Yeah, that's a rough start. I mean, you think yeah. like a lot of these other people. Uh, sometimes the first one is like an accident, you know, or it's like it's a planned accident. Like, like I have this idea and it doesn't go to plan, but it kind of happens. Yeah. No, no, no. This one was like very calculated and on the money but he did fuck up obviously he fucked up he'd never done this before but he also did shoot ropes so it it was kind of successful to him it's he wasn't caught so i'd say this was a success but it's his his uh his his rookie status is showing yeah and looking back on it now it's like they're big slip-ups that happened but at the time, it really didn't matter because it, it, you know, he got away with it for so long. Yeah. So, yeah. really, it, I wouldn't even call it a fail. I'd call it a bumble. You know, it's like <laughs> like uh, Mr. Kemper, old bumble butt. Yeah, he did, he had a little bit of a misstep, but it, it worked. He caused he got his balance back. There you go. And then he just faded into the extremely average and normal facade of his life that he'd built for himself and his family. He just faded right back in. See, and that's what I find interesting. Cause like, it never happened. The development of him is a little bit different because I'll, I'll compare him to Gacy right now for this instance. Gacy had to lie pretty much about his lifestyle as a regular Joe. because He, he lied knew, about everything. Everything he, he said was a lie. He knew what he was. And there was no family man, like, decent dad, like, oh, I'm around here, I love you, honey. Look, there kind of was. But it was... I mean, it was was just more the act. It was like, symbolically, he was married, and outside of that, he was a cool guy. It was all a lie. (laughs) that's what he... The difference with Raider is that I don't think it is a lie. I think that's, like, he is just as much of a normal guy as he is a complete psychopath. Exactly, because he just he seamlessly went from normal guy for twenty nine years in the eyes of the public, right? I mean, he always he always had a shit. Yeah, he had some weird but tendencies to then systematically wiping out an entire family in their own home in the middle of the day. Yep, straight back to normal life. <laughs> like, yeah, like there's nothing. And it the timeline is what's wild because he. There's gaps in his resume, his murder resume. Oh yeah, you we're know? G- we're gonna go right up until the first gap happens for this episode. We got a little bit more. Yeah, we got. There's definitely some gapage, but that's where I think he's very different because he. It's almost as if he's two people: the crazy psychopath BTK 
and just like the normal husband to Dennis Rader. And he like separates it perfectly. He does. I mean, yeah, he's a weird like husband. Like a lot of general. other serial killers and their stories, it, it kind of bleeds over in both both senses of the crime seeping into normal life and vice versa. But yeah, he uh not him. He was, he was pretty good at that. He was pretty emotionally stunted, huh? Not stunted. Uh, evolved. Uh, evolved, yeah. I mean, sort of, yeah. He could be anything you wanted him to be, whatever you wanted that to happen. He's a you chameleon. Know? <laughs> that shit's he's he fucking He really crazy. is. He could have worked for the fucking CIA. He's just like the most average fucking person in the world who's very, uh, very uh, prone to different sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. You know what I mean? Well, uh, you know, he faded right back. Um, but you know, he had a, he had a, he finally had a taste for what he'd been fantasizing about his entire life, and he wasn't about to stop. All right, he just it was pretty soon. His next murder uh, was not an entire family; rather, it was a single woman named Catherine Doreen Bright. Not Catherine. Catherine, yeah, yeah. How do you think Catherine is spelled? Because I've never seen this spelling before. K. I'm going to say Catherine with a K. Yeah, but there's there's a Y in there. Ooh, and a Y instead yeah. of an I, huh? K a t h r y n. Catherine. Catherine Doreen Brett. That seems. Uh, sorry for any of the hill people out there. That seems <laughs> slightly hillbilly. Hill people. I think calling them hill people may have done more damage. Uh, you way. know who you are. It's not a bad thing. It's they don't just have a thing. Wi-Fi out there. But that sounds a little bit hillish to me. Might be. I mean, it was, it was you know, Wichita is Kansas. You know, you never know. It's a mixed bag. Yeah, everything is know. a mixed bag nowadays. Well, this murder took place on April fourth of nineteen seventy-four. This is the orange soda. Uh, so less than three months after he killed the Otero family. 1974. So, uh, much like with his first crime, Raider saw Bright just one day and decided that she would be next because he was like, you know what, I've made my decision and and that was really the only thing that that made her die. I'm going to kill you and come on you. Pretty much. So, he began following her, stalking her for an extended period of time, much like he he did before with the Otero family. Long enough to where he knew where she lived, her schedule, every aspect of her routine. Then, on 1974, April 5th. April 4th, rather. (gasps) What? April 4th. April 4th, yeah. Uh, Raider broke into Catherine Bright's home, this time armed with a gun. All right. He proceeded to attack her. But what he didn't expect was Catherine's brother being present. He's not very good at scouting these houses. No, he's not. He's he really is. He didn't somebody. even know the husband was there. Whatever the, the male presence one. is in the home, Dennis Rader cannot pick up on that. He's like, doesn't even, doesn't even compute. He's right? like, man in the home? Nah, nah, I'm going to go kill him. The man is me. You're thinking of me. Oh, God, there's another one. Yeah, he's a fucking moron. But, well, maybe not a moron. He just, he's new. He's learning. You know, he's getting his wheels. He's getting okay. Yeah. Uh, so he, uh, the brother, that is, he proceeded to, uh, no, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, it was Raider. He proceeded to attack her, and he didn't expect Catherine's brother to be present. Her brother then quickly jumped to Catherine's aid, all right, to, in protection, began trying to overpower Raider, who had the gun, who, shortly after the scuffle began, shot Catherine's brother in the head. 
Ooh. Shot to the head. We were just talking about that. And you're too late. You love a bad name. Oh, God. Good no. Lord. Well, Sorry, buddy. <laughs> so, so Raider shot uh, her brother in the head. He then proceeded to attack Catherine again. But wait. Her brother pops back up. The bullet only grazed his skull. And he and Raider are in a struggle again. So this guy's bleeding everywhere from his head. He was just shot in the head. He's trying to save his sister. Again, guess what fucking happens? Someone else he comes gets in. shot in the head again by Raider. Stone Cold Steve <laughs> Austin in head comes in. Again. And guess what? He's not dead yet. He's still not dead. Uh, <laughs> the brother then hobbles out into the street. He has two fucking holes in his face. And he stops a passing car. The police show up five minutes later to investigate the gunshots. And Raider is nowhere to be found. All right? Smart man. All that he left at the crime scene was a man with two holes in his fucking head. Who lived, by the way. He's still alive. I'm pretty sure he's still alive. I saw a recent interview with him. He looks amazing for someone who just got shot in the face twice. Damn, good surgeons. Amazing. And... Uh, unfortunately, a dead Catherine Bright in her home. Ooh! It was in uh, you know between the second shot uh, between the second shot being fired and the police arriving, Raider, who had probably had it with the whole situation at this point, fatally stabbed Catherine in the abdomen three times, leaving her to quickly bleed out. Damn! What a way to go too, while someone's yeah. getting shot in the face and dancing around and running. You're just getting stabbed in the abdomen. You're just bleeding out before the cops can even show up. Yeah, and and old whole face lives. Come on. Yeah, that's 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 the biggest bummer, I'd say. That is insane. The fact that that guy lived and was just like, hold the fucking phone. I'm calling Dude, the police. You imagine how much like that guy is like truly a hero, and the only th- reason he's not is because it didn't work. Uh-huh. He did literally everything he could. He got shot in the head twice and still flagged down a car to get the police there. Yeah, dude, this guy was that all guy about stopping That guy was a fucking it. hero, and he probably still is, but it just sucks it didn't pay off for him. Now he's just like a really and, angry you know, a, a living sister. He doesn't trust anybody anymore. He's like, I don't trust shot. anyone either. No. Yeah, no one's story could beat that guy. Like, you know, you always meet people who are like, I've been shot before. He's like, yeah, really? I've been shot in the face fucking twice. Can you tell? Can you tell? If You're I like, snort, it no, sort of haven't. whistles. I still got buckshot in my eyes, okay? It's like, why should they look at? Uh, yeah, what's interesting about this one, I think, is of his ten victims, this was the only one he used a knife for. Because he always had the gun, you know? That's why yeah. the, That's why the brother wasn't part of, like, the, the kill count, is because he's, he's still alive. Yeah, he's still but, around. Um, he's, not, he's not a victim. So, like, yeah, he had a gun. He sometimes used it, but he never killed with it. Or a knife. It was always, like, suffocation. It was always stuff that he wanted to do to himself. Yeah. Uh, it's, but, it, that's but he, but the sexual then, thing right yeah, there. Yeah, he's got to do it to other people so he can still be alive to come. You know what I mean? It makes sense. I mean, this dude clearly likes the sexual nature of death and murder. He thinks there's a sexual nature to it. And I'm sure there is a sexual nature to everything. But I think he may have taken it to a bit of an extreme. Yeah, and see, like I always kind of under- I understand that a little bit. In a lot of these instances that you are a murderer, guns take away that personal touch, you know? Yeah, that's why, like, Son of Sam was, like, a, a bitch. He was more of just, like, <laughs> a just chaos like, creator. Yeah, he was just, like, walk up to people sitting in their cars. He's, like, arm's length, and then it's then he just runs. There's a difference like, between, like, chaos people that are just, like... 
they're, I mean, they get a rush from the killing, but it's more of just like we get to do it. They're very destructive. Yeah. Um, like it, knives are obviously a lot more up close and personal, and you're like involved in that. Yeah. But then anything past that, like what BTK does, where you know he ties. You know, we'll get to that. Obviously, he ties you up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's the binding. Chokes you. That's you the know, torture because it takes a while. Suffocates you out, stuff like that. Killing you. That yeah. is very personal. And for a guy that is going to get off on that, that is like right the spot that he wants it in. Cum fuel is what the, it is. Yeah, it is. It's cum fuel. Yeah. It's perfect. Raider, he, dude, he was diving right in. He was into murder head first. This was in the first year of him starting to murder. He fucking eliminated a family. And damn near eliminated half of another one. Hey, he's going hard, dude. He's not here to like, play chess. It was crazy, dude. It, it, the entire household. It, it was insane. You gotta insane. See, An attempted double murder for the second one. It's, it's crazy. You know what's funny is like, this is the, the other side of murdering. Murdering. Okay? Yeah. All those extra errors. Hey, yeah. Um, but this is the flip side of that. Like when he kills uh, the family, it—I'm not saying it doesn't eliminate that search because obviously it does. The police are still going to be interested and in try to find that. But when you single out one victim from a household, it's like not only do you have to deal with the police, but now the police have to deal with that family's out like outcry. You know, when you eliminate the entire family, it's almost like you. You're, it's like killing a witness, you know. It's like it's like nothing happened. It's like don't and get me now wrong. there's just another house on the market. The penalty is a lot more severe, but the the hunt for you isn't fueled by anything outside of the actual detectives. You yeah, know? yeah. And it's almost like I don't think he intended that, but that was a great byproduct of his choice. Was oh, that yeah? There's less attention. Because the entire family's gone. No, he fucked up in the right direction for sure with that one. But he never like killed like a mass group of people anymore. Like a- after this, yeah. Like sadistic as he was, BTK was he was a sloppy novice I'm for thinking, his first murders. Right, he was a rookie with the dreams of the big leagues. Realistically, I'm thinking, especially after the second encounter, the first one left a bad taste. The second one got harder. It it became clear that multiple victims at one go are never going to be easy. There's always going to be problems that you can't account for. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Joseph, you know, was fighting with them. Uh, this guy got shot twice. It's it's very hard. It, it's a lot easier to single out an individual <laughs> and be like, I'm going to just take my time with this one, you know? Yeah. A yeah. family's fucking hard. You're one guy on four people. It's just the math isn't there. Yeah, well, he. you know what? He didn't get caught. For these first couple, he didn't get caught, and I think he kind of he kind of took the second. He was just like, you know what, I am gonna hang back for a second. Yeah, I'm gonna you let know? it blow over. You know, he was beginning to figure out like exactly what he wanted out of these projects. Ooh, right? and he wanted. Come. Oh yeah, these projects. But I mean, he wouldn't return to his urges for another three years afterward. That's until crazy. another three years in March 17th of 1977, which is uh, where we'll continue next week. Yeah, we because, will continue. You know, yeah, I, I think that was a good little little opener. Oh, absolutely. You Mr. know, BT. You know what BTK is capable of, and this is a great time to again kind of circle back to the breaks. Um, it, you'll see in almost every true crime that isn't a spree killer or a mass shooting killer, 
there's typically a window of time where it doesn't continue. Yeah. Um, a little dry spell. Either for preparation or, you know, whatever the reason may be for the individual. Yeah, I think Dennis needed to recoup for a sec after. Oh, absolutely. After all the clips. Because he was fucking up. Like, he, he didn't know the guys were in the house. He didn't know that he didn't actually kill these people. He got away on a whim. Yeah. He you did. know, like, he, it's it's insane. He hit the jackpot twice for serial killing. He really but, did, and he's going to hit a lot more. What is interesting is that in, like... Ted Bundy, he's a person we haven't covered, but... The media is so saturated with him, what are we doing but yelling into the void? Yeah, he's around. I mean, people know that story. His window of time and crime, it it, it never it never extended. It started a little bit longer, and then it would get shorter with each break until eventually it, there was no break, you until, know? Until, uh, yeah, that's what we call a spree. Yeah, like, he went from, like... He just kept going. It was like one, two, three, four, break. Yeah. One break. One break. It was. It just. It kept escalating in speed. You know, like you go grocery shopping, right? You get your food for the week, and then, and then on your way home, you oh Target. You see Target. Maybe you want some new sheets. Those sheets smell so bad at home, and then you're just in Target. You start making a habit of that. Eventually, you start going to the Starbucks and Target. It's just all these errands. That's also a spree. A yeah. shopping spree. But this is just with killing families and innocent people. It is. And see, Dennis, he's a very intriguing fish in this uh, proverbial pond. Because the time, it like kind of like I said earlier, it's like you it's impossible to know. You know, we'll never be able to get a straight answer. You can never truly understand the mind of a psychopath like that. But... It's almost, we could try. He's still alive. It's almost as if he is able to separate this part of his life, this weird, murderous desire and like sexual frustration. Yeah, he can just like put that away and just go about his life without it interrupting his day to day. Now, as I'm not of saying, right now, I'm in not this saying point this of guy the story, wasn't at home choking himself in a dress and coming. Yeah, and he had a mask on. He was in a grave. Pictures but exist. I will say this: that yeah, at least now, obviously, you know, things are going to change as we continue on with the story. But at least right now, it's very unique in the sense that it's it's not something he seems to require. It's more just fantasy unfolding when yeah, he feels like, like it. Like oh, I've always wanted this. So let's do it's it. Like I haven't you know? always needed this, you know. This is his impromptu Disney trip. You know how people do that? They're just like... It's like, you know what? Let's just go to the airport and buy a ticket. I've never just been. See let's where, just go. See where we go. And yeah, like that's No what, carry-on? No. He's doing that with, with corpses. And it's very... Obviously, it's a lot more sadistic than your typical murder. Oh. Um even like Jeffrey Dahmer, he was a, a fucked up guy. He was just lonely looking for a zombie companion. But yeah, the way he did it, it seems less brutal than this. Cause he, was, he was just like a hopeless, enormous, drunk monster yeah. from Wisconsin. And even Gacy, it's like he did a lot of fucked I mean, they all did fucked up shit. I'm not defending anybody. No, no. But their their methods and the way things unfolded... Never seemed as brutal as the earliest stages of the BTK. They were way more like slipshod to the point where it's like, oh, you're watching them figure it out as they're doing it to where it's like, oh, they don't know what they're doing, but they're doing it. So it's not forgivable, but it's like, oh, they're learning. 
Yeah, they're like this guy's been thinking about it since he could fucking form thoughts. And yeah, and he's doing it. It's dark and it's it's random, and I think that's what's scarier because the randomness of it. In the other, pretty much every other true crime that we've covered up until this point in the show, there's been a target. There's been a specific type. Yeah. Um, even going back to the earliest episodes of our show when we did Louis Garavito, there was a, a mark. Like, you knew what he wanted. Yeah, you know, 11-year-old little boys on the street. Bob Berdella, you knew what he wanted. He just wanted boys. Gacy, Dahmer, you knew it. You knew what they boys, were after. Yeah, just a lot, a lot of boys. With Dennis Rader, you don't know what he wants because... He'll go after anybody and any everybody. You just have to not be at the right Shooting place at the right time. men in the face, stabbing women in the stomach, strangling children. It's insane. He's doing everything, and it's not planned. Right. Even, but it is so well planned mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of the time. It's crazy. Even, I don't know what else to say, man. There's so much more to this story for next week. Yeah, so get ready. It's going to be crazy. Enjoy this episode uh, if you need to re-listen to it. You'll get a lot more information in part two coming next Friday. Yeah, if you re-listen to it for any reason at all, uh, if it has to be one, make it uh, to look up the technology off-the-air episode. AV95. The opening bit, AV95 Development Team. By Wham City Comedy. Oh, my God, it's so good. The song. The song is so good. But we do love you guys very much. I appreciate you listening. Um... Part two, we'll be back next week. Yeah. Uh, we will be doing a Patreon episode as well. It's true. We're going to be on there, and you should listen. There's a link below for that. Yes, there is, and you can hang out with us. Uh, you can get a shirt, do all that fun shit, um, but definitely check us out. Thank you uh, to all the fans out there. We got all YouTube has been picking up some new fans, YouTube's so we appreciate off. you. And we read all the comments, and like we said, cult person, we're going to do cults for you, cult person. Yes, absolutely. We were going to be doing that uh, rather soon. It's honestly. on the list. But, um, yeah, with that being said, I hope you guys have a good rest of your week and a good start to the next week. No, it's true. We'll be back. Time just keeps going. We're almost done with January. Well, you can follow us on all the shit. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Again, Instagram is the most active. That's where you'll probably get in touch with us the most. If you're not on Patreon already, because there's a link below down there, and you can just directly message us through there. Also, there's YouTube. You should like and subscribe there. And startacolds at gmail.com. You can send us just whatever you want. Talking. Photos of a dog. Talking. Barking. Farting. Um, Photos of Mitch through his window at home. That would be funny. Mitch is a moper, if yeah. you guys know what that is. No. He flashes blind people. <laughs> is that true, Mitch? He's a moper. He's a Mitch f- just woke up. He's been, like, napping this whole time. <laughs> he's a fucking moper, dude. That's what he's th- planning. He's he's going to find a blind person and just flash his fucking dick at him. He's in the docile waking up state. Mitch the moper. He said yes. Well, uh, yeah, we were starting to call this Grand Up Jake. Mitch was here sleeping. Yes, he was. So, goodbye. We'll see you next week, and patrons tune in on Thursday. Yeah, buddy. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.